Today we celebrate the feast of the Holy Family. This young family faced many struggles and challenges. There was an unexpected pregnancy. There's going to be a divorce. Then the angel appears and intervenes. They traveled to Bethlehem for the census, and today in Israel it would take you about two, maybe three hours to drive that distance from Galilee to Bethlehem. But back then it was about a seven-day journey, and it was a very treacherous and dangerous one. They arrive, there's no room for them at the inn. A child is born in a cave, in a manger, a stable. The shepherds visit, speaking of great visions, and then the magi come with gifts. And then they present the child in the temple. Simeon declares a great prophecy about this child and its mother. They flee to Egypt. They come back to Egypt, move to a new location. There's a lot happening in this young family. And on top of this, Joseph and Mary are responsible to raise the son of God. I'm sure there's a lot of stress, some difficulties, some fear, some uncertainties. We have to ask ourselves the question, how did they overcome these obstacles to becoming a holy family? And the answer is in the scriptures, which we just heard. By listening to and trusting in the living word of God. And I think today families face many of the same challenges, same struggles, the same difficulties and uncertainties and fears. On top of what COVID has done in our nation and our world, we have the, the underlying themes in our society, our nation of materialism. This philosophy, this ideology, this thought that the possessions are more important than things. And it's important to accumulate as much as possible. And people forget that we are called human beings, not human doings or human havings. We're human beings. We also have the threat of secularism, which is growing faster than ever now. This emphasis that people are trying to place on Catholics and other Christians in our nation to make our faith a very private thing, to remove all, all aspects of our faith from society so that others will not see it. People trying to make us ignore God and even deny God. Then we have the spirit of indifference, especially in the definition of family and marriage. People saying today, what, what's the problem? You know, it doesn't harm me if, if those two men decide to marry or those two women decide to marry or, or those two women want to marry those three men or if that guy wants to marry the cat or whatever. It doesn't matter. It's not going to harm me. It's a spirit of indifference. It's very dangerous. The attack on marriage and family has never been greater in our nation today. It's never been greater. We heard in the gospel reading how Joseph and Mary had to flee with the Christ child to escape Herod, who is killing infants. Killing infants. And that's legal and widespread in our nation today. The same threats, 
the same dangers, the same obstacles as the Holy Family faced, your families are facing today. These are very real threats. How do we overcome these? Just as the Holy Family did. By listening to and trusting in the Word of God. This morning we hear the first reading from Ben Sirach. He's writing a century or two before the birth of our Lord. And he gives a very beautiful list of virtues. He says, first of all, honor. Honor is very important because it atones for sins. And he says, those who have honor will be preserved from sin, and their prayers will be answered, and they will live a long life. He speaks of the importance of kindness. Also reverence. He says, those who revere their mother will be blessed. He speaks of the importance of obedience and respect and says, these will bring comfort to a mother. He also talks about the importance of caring for the elderly even when they lose their mind. Very prophetic, isn't it? That's just in the first reading. In the, in the psalm, we hear that when we fear the Lord, the family will be blessed and the family will be prosperous. When we fear the Lord. This is not with a servile fear. Servile fear is a fear of offending somebody because of fear of punishment. Servile fear is the fear that we find in the Muslim religion. They call God Allah, master. They're afraid of God because of God, God's punishment on them. We, as Christians, don't have a servile fear. We have a filial fear. The fear that a child has of offending a parent out of great love. Our filial fear is saying to God, God, I'm afraid of sinning. I don't want to sin because of your great love for me. Not because of your punishments, but because of how much you love me. That type of fear will bring respect. It will help to acknowledge dignity and also bring compassion. When we call God Abba, Daddy, Father, that filial fear. And in the second reading from the Colossians, St. Paul's letter to the Colossians, St. Paul gives a great, a very beautiful litany, a list of virtues to have in our family. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another, forgiveness, and above all else, love. And he says that these will lead to peace. If you're looking for peace in your family, try these. He also talks about the importance of admonishing one another out of love and also being grateful. So if you're looking for a recipe, if you're looking for a plan to make your family holy, to improve your family life, look no further than the readings which we heard this morning. And I'd encourage you, if you're a parent, if you're a spouse, I would encourage you sometime this week to go back through these readings and ask our Lord for the grace to implement these virtues in your family life. So listening to and living, trusting in the living word of God is one of the greatest ways to have a holy family. Another way is through the sacraments of Holy Mother Church. 
The sacraments strengthen family bonds, especially the sacraments of confession and the Holy Eucharist. But also the, the sacrament of holy matrimony. You know, so often I will ask a, a, a couple, I'll say, so at your wedding, who are the ministers of the sacrament of holy matrimony? They'll say, oh, it's Father Bob and, or Deacon Ted or Bishop Joe or whoever. I'll say, no, it wasn't. And usually they'll look at me like, and they'll never say it out loud, but they'll, they'll look at me saying, Father, you weren't there. How do you know this? I'll say, who are the ministers of the sacrament of holy matrimony at your wedding? Most Catholic couples do not know that they, the husband and the wife, the bride and the groom, were the ministers of the sacrament of holy matrimony. Not the deacon, not the priest, not the bishop. They were not the minister of that sacrament. They were simply a witness for the church. But the bride and the groom are the ministers of that sacrament. And I can tell you when, when a couple realizes that, even if they've been married for 20 or 30 or 40 years, when they realize for the very first time that they are the minister to their spouse of the love of Jesus Christ, their marriage will change. Their marriage will change. It's amazing to see this. That sacramental grace and the sacrament of holy matrimony. What an incredible help for holy families. And we can see this in statistics. Statistically speaking, about half the marriages in the United States are going to fail. About 50%, plus or minus 5%, depending on which study you're looking at. And the same can be true about Catholic marriages in general, which is very sad, which begs the question, Father, why do you have to have marriage prep if, if we have the same chances for success or failure in marriage? But if you look at the, at the couples who who realize they have a, the sacrament of holy matrimony, they understand it and they live it out every day in their, in their marriage. The divorce rate is about 1%. Incredible change. Because they realize that that grace is there to assist them. They receive sacramental grace to live out their relationship. In fact, when I meet with couples to prepare them for the sacrament of holy matrimony, I make them agree to five things, five things. And I tell them, if you don't agree to these, I will help you find another priest to prepare you for holy matrimony. I tell them that for two reasons. First of all, I want to make sure that they have the best chance for success as possible in marriage. And uh, I'm, I'm certain that if they don't follow these five things, they're not gonna have that 99% chance. That's the first reason. The second reason is, I've prepared almost 100 couples for the sacrament of holy matrimony, and to my knowledge, only one is divorced. And I tell people, I don't want to ruin my batting average. I'm going to send you to another priest. But the top three things I make them agree to is prayer together daily. Prayer daily as a family. Sunday Mass is the most important part of your week. It's a Mass weekly, confession monthly. Prayer daily, Mass weekly, Confession monthly. And I tell couples, if you do these three things, you'll be, live, you'll be married to each other for the rest of your lives. I guarantee it. As a priest, I'm often invited to hospitals or hospice rooms or homes or nursing homes when somebody is very near death, sometimes just moments from death. 
And sometimes I'll arrive and the, the doctors and sometimes the family, they're, they're curious, they're puzzled why the person hasn't died yet. It, it seems like they're holding on for something to happen. And uh, when this happens, uh, and sometimes I can see it as well, and I'll, I'll ask the family, I'll say, well, who are they waiting for to come? I'll say, well, well, so-and-so, they're flying in from wherever, and they should be here in an hour or two. And more often than not, after that person arrives, they die. You know, not once of the dozens and dozens of times when I visit, visited somebody on their deathbed, not once has anybody been waiting for their most recent savings account statement or bowling trophy or certificate of appreciation. They're not waiting for their salesman of the year certificate. They're not waiting for anything off their I love me wall. They're not waiting for their updated ORB. They're not waiting for their prized possession, but they're waiting for a person. They're waiting for a person, for a family member to come. And this is a reminder to us that people are more important than things. People are more important than things. We have to remember this in the secularized holiday season which our world wants us to experience. You know, some people learn this lesson early on in life, while others, they don't learn this important lesson until at the very end of their life. There's great dignity, great worth, great value of families in our modern world. And the popes have emphasized this for decades. John Paul II said that the family is the, the building block of our society. And he said if the family fails, the rest of society will. And that's what we're seeing happening, happening right now in our nation. For decades, a decreased emphasis on the importance of family. And this is the result. It's not really a surprise. John Paul predicted it. Living a Catholic family, uh, as a Catholic family, with these important values which we heard in the, in the first reading, it really requires, I think, a radical witness in today's world. Radical decisions, radical commitments, if we're really serious about changing or, or improving our family life. It, the time has passed to make small changes. That time is gone. It requires big changes now. I know families and they just, got, they just get rid of the TV. And most of the time they will tell me it's the best decision they've ever made as a family. Sometimes I encourage people to cut the cable. Some families try to get rid of Wi-Fi. It's a little bit harder now in the COVID environment with homeschooling and all that. But it's important to think about these radical ways, these radical changes we can make to improve our family life. And the, I have to warn you here, when you start making these radical changes to become more Christ-like in your home, in your family, people are they're going to point at you, they're going to accuse you of being an outsider. Some might accuse you of being radical in a negative sense and calling you a danger to the rest of society. But the problem for them is they know that with strong families, their false gods or inferior gods will fail. Today is called Holy Family Sunday. It's not called Perfect Family Sunday. 
Joseph and Mary's family was not perfect. The reasons I gave in the beginning of the homily demonstrate that. Just think of the challenges they were facing. They did not have that perfect life that people dream of today. But they were a holy family. And the same is true with our families today. We're not called to have perfect families. It's not possible in this world. We are called to have holy families. Today's opening prayer for Mass, also called the Collect, because in the Collect we're collecting our, our thoughts, our prayers, and the themes and the readings all into one prayer at the beginning of Mass. So in today's Collect, we prayed this, O God, who are pleased to give us the shining example of the Holy Family, graciously grant that we may imitate them in practicing the virtues of family life and in the bonds of charity, and so in the joy of your house, delight one day in eternal rewards. Praise be Jesus Christ. <clears throat>